Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Thursday, December the 28th, 2023. It is currently 12.13 p.m. Central Time, and I am coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. And well, I've already jumped in. I've already decided I'm all in with our Sermons 2.0 app Sermon Challenge for 2024. I'm already getting started. I've already been participating. I've got my notebook right here. I wrote down the first sermon, right? I wrote down the first sermon. This is how I labeled it. Sermons 2.0 app challenge number one, wisdom and truth, 122823 Independent Baptist Church, Honolulu, right? Okay. So I, I, I wrote that down. It's there. It's in my notebook. I've listened to a little bit of it, not every bit of it. And obviously, you know what I'm going to do. I have it queued up right now. So we're going to listen to a little bit of it here. I did find it interesting. Okay. So I don't know what time, three, four, five in the morning. I don't know. I grabbed the iPad and I started like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to listen to one right now. Right now I I kept falling asleep. So I would wake back up and go, oh, okay. I don't know what that one was. And then pick another one. But I, there was like about a 15, 20 minute, like, I don't know, time span where it got really interesting because I kept, I kept like, I clicked on this one sermon. I don't even remember the name of it. It's probably in my uh, history on the sermons 2.0 app. Like I... I, I, you have to hear it. Like, okay, it's really weird. Okay, it's like there's someone standing in the pulpit and it sounds like it's one of those situations. I don't know if you've ever been in a church that does this where the pastor is like, so does anyone have a testimony they want to share? Or does anyone have something they, they're thankful for? Now, that's always to me a little like dangerous, right? Because once you kind of open it up for people to say whatever they want, you never know what's going to happen. You literally don't know what's going to happen. And so when I used to go to church, whenever I was in a church like that, I would almost start getting like, I would get nervous. I would get anxiety. My face would start turning red when people would start talking because I'd almost get embarrassed for them. We're like, what are they talking about? What are they saying? And then you can see the pastor's face. Like he's thinking, what do I do here? Do I say something or do I just keep shaking my head and the affirmative and smiling, going, praise the Lord? Like, what do you, it's the whole thing is awkward. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that to me. At least let me know. Just let me know. I do the same thing if I'm listening like to a radio program and they do call-ins. If someone will call in and start talking and then I'll feel myself getting embarrassed for them. And I'm like, this program aired in, you know, 1999. Why am I getting embarrassed? But I'll get embarrassed for them. I don't know. It's really, I know it makes no sense to you, but I, it really happens. I literally will get embarrassed. It's, it's bizarre. So whenever I hear this, it's crazy, but this one was, was so weird to me. The person from the pulpit is kind of like, okay, brother. Yeah. But praise the Lord, brother. That's good, brother. Right. And so, cause this guy is just talking and talking and talking. And it appears that the guy, I guess he's standing, he, he's standing in, in, in the pew, sitting in his pew He basically just takes over and starts preaching from, it's the weirdest thing I've ever heard in my life. I'm like, what is happening? Because clearly he doesn't have the microphone. And the one that you can hear very clear and loud has the microphone. But the other guy seems to preach the whole time. It is this weird thing. I got to find it. I got to find it. You have to go listen to it. And maybe now, maybe I I was half dreaming, so maybe it wasn't uh, the way I completely perceived it. Let me see if I can find it. All right, so, all right, so we're we're gonna be we're gonna be for what we're gonna do here is we're gonna take a sermon that I wrote down in my notebook as you know the first one for my sermons 2.0 sermon challenge. Now, let me just clarify this because we always have new people tuning in. If you are not with us, I have put forth a challenge for 2024 to give you something very specific to do each and every day to make use of this wonderful tool that we have, which is the Sermons 2.0 app. You can call it the Sermon Audio app. You can talk about the beta.sermonaudio.com website. This is a site that contains millions of sermons. There's all this spiritual food just waiting for us. And we get distracted and we get spiritually apathetic. So I'm challenging everyone 
that every single day you grab the Sermons 2.0 app and you choose a sermon randomly. You're not looking for your favorite speaker. You're not looking for a topic. You're just trying to do it as randomly as possible. I gave you some different suggestions on how to do that, but be as random as possible, right? You can go to the discovery tab, hit new sermons, and just literally try to choose the first one. Don't even think about it, all right? Because that will then help you hear different pastors who have different approaches, different hermeneutical systems. You'll be challenged. You'll learn some new things. And, and I think, and I think it'll just be a lot of fun. And what I'm wanting you to do is then write down the sermon in your notebook, write down a sermon, the title of the sermon, the scriptural reference, all of that, right? Just write all of that down, the name of the church. And then, uh, and then in your notebook, you're going to have your list of each sermon. And then after each sermon, just in your notebook, write a, brief summary of what you learned, a brief summary about what you learned. And then later on in your notebook, you can have actual detailed sermon notes. So, um, so that's what we're challenging you to do. So we're challenging you to do that. Please do that. But let me go back to what I was talking about here. Let me see if I can find my history. Where, where is it? Let's see here. Where was it? Oh, some, okay. It was some things we need to remember Valley View Free Will Baptist. Some things we need to remember. Valley View Free Will Baptist. Some things we need to remember. Valley View Free Will Baptist. Now, it may not have played out exactly the way I'm remembering it, but it's one of those things you wake up going, what was that? But I remember when I was listening, I I, I think I, I kept kind of fast forwarding going like, Where's the sermon? Like this guy is just talking from the, it's crazy. You listen to it and tell me what you think. You tell me what you think. Maybe I'm misinterpreting what actually occurred and you can clarify. You can clarify. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Someone please go listen to it and, and tell me, tell me. So I listened to that. And if I'm looking at my recent history, uh, somewhere in the early morning, morning hours, I, I I played at to some amount one two three four five six seven let's see seven eight nine nine of them were played at some point I definitely the one I saved in my notes comes from Zion Lutheran Church a dark story so I my original plan was to to do that one but I decided finally the one that I actually was like I think much more alert to was called Wisdom and Truth, Independent Baptist Church in Honolulu. All right. So that's the one we're going to go to. And I could I could offer you a summary of it right now, but I'm not going to give you that summary. What we're going to do is we're going to review a little bit of this once again to just emphasize this challenge that we have going on, the Sermons 2.0 Sermon Challenge for 2024. So I want to just continue to put that in front of everyone and try to motivate you to do that, but then just show you how we're going to use a little bit of this. We'll just, as always, to kind of do our own thing. And that's the way preaching works to me a lot of times is they kind of, they kind of set the table. It's up to me to go over there and grab the food and go take, take it somewhere and really work on it and, and partake of it and, 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 and eat from it. So that's what we're going to do. So are you ready? Let's, let's do this. I don't know the exact date this was preached. Obviously in my notebook, I just put today's date because this is when I listened to it. I think they have down the 27th. So I think this was last night. Uh, I think it was Wednesday. What a, you know, for for this church whenever they preach this and uh, the microphone once again we have another weird microphone situation. It's amazing how many churches we we all struggle to some level with our microphones and try and sound and and trying to get it set up. There there needs to be someone who can just make it simple and easy for everyone. I thought we had a simple easy setup, but we've been having a little bit of static problem. So I'm going to continue to work on trying to eliminate that. But are you ready? Here we go. I have amplified this. <laughs> I went to Audacity and just literally like I artificially amplified this to a crazy level uh, because uh, to make it at least somewhat hearable. So um, we'll, I'm hoping you can hear it. I'll, I'll, I'll be listening to it as well. I'll, as soon as this gets started, I'll go run over and, and click on play just to see if it sounds okay. Um, but we're, we're going to use just a little bit of this. And give you kind of an idea of which direction he's going to go. And then, of course, I want you if by all, you know, go, go check it out for yourself. This is called Wisdom and Truth. Um, Independent Baptist Church, Honolulu. 
All right. So you can look them up and you can listen to this. You can finish this if you so desire. All right. Here we go. Now, you may have already listened to your sermon for today. So that's great. If you do, remember, share the sermon. Give me your one sentence summary. Or you can just share any, uh, just any of your thoughts. Or if there's something in it that you're like, whoa, I, I, I'm, I'm really curious about this. Just give me the timestamp, and then I can go right to the timestamp. Say I received an email from, you know, wherever, and they were listening to this sermon for the Sermons 2.0 sermon challenge, and here's what they thought was interesting, and then we could we can discuss it. So we can we can really use this and do a lot with this, and hopefully make it a productive challenge uh, for 2024. But in the meantime, let's set all of that aside. Hopefully all that made sense. Wisdom and truth. Independent Baptist Church, Honolulu. Isn't that great about technology? I'm sitting here in West Texas. We're going to be listening to a church completely in a different part of the world, right? And uh, let's let's see what they did and how they handled this. And what do you what do you think wisdom and truth, what do you think that sermon is about? If you were to just take a guess right now, wisdom and truth, what do you think it's about? Well, to me, it's not really about wisdom and truth as much as it's about two other words. The first one starts with an S. The second one starts with a D. He calls it wisdom and truth. I would think I would refer to this as a word that starts with an S and a word that starts with a D and they go together. And they're used, it's used a few times in scripture. In fact, we're going to look up all the references in just a few minutes. I bet you, you can guess. Here we go. Songs. Good songs. All right. This is a rare time I'm going to admit to you that I have no idea when you will get out of the Bible study tonight. Usually I think, well, there's something good for somebody. Tonight is, I don't know if it's going to make any sense to you at all tonight. It's going to be just... The Bible truth, but I'm not sure if this is going to be for any one of you where you say, oh, that was really what I needed tonight. So having said that, I'm preparing you for um, just a straight, simple Bible study. And it's about wisdom and truth, applying the truth, having wisdom to know how to apply truth. So it is not. Okay, now immediately he starts off kind of apologetic, and I understand this, but it's sad to me. As a pastor, sometimes you're like, oh, like on one hand, if you're preaching it, you've got to think it's somewhat valuable, right? But then you immediately think, well, the people aren't going to get it. The people aren't going to like it. And what he's concerned with is no one's going to go, oh, that spoke to me. In other words, he realizes he's going to approach this in a very academic way. And it's like pastors. And many pastors feel like an academic approach is anathema because people want a, a sermon. They don't want to study. They want a sermon. They want a speech. They want a presentation. They want a performance. They want it. And, and it's ah, like we shouldn't apologize for saying we're going to dig in and we're going to study tonight. That's what we're going to do. But I even find myself sometimes apologetic. And I'm like, why am I apologizing? We come to church to learn, to be equipped to study. That's what we do. Why am I apologizing for it? Well, because a lot of people want something different. So then you're you're so small and you start realizing maybe nobody wants this. And it's like everyone claims that they want study and they want in-depth teaching. And no, they don't. They just want a nice little sermon and then they want all of the activities. But all right, I, I digress. So he's apologizing. Now, he says that he's going to be talking about the wisdom to apply truth. And when he said that, I was kind of like, oh, that's kind of good. All right. So he's going to teach us how to have wisdom so that we can correctly apply truth. Because I think a lot of times we define wisdom as the the correct use of knowledge. You know something, but you've got to have the wisdom to know how to use what you know. All right. So I'm like, okay, is he going to tell us how we can have how we can develop the right kind of wisdom or what that, how do we take wisdom and apply truth correctly? Like I, that, those are the ways I was going to go. But to me, he's going to take a, to me, it goes a different direction. This is my perception. And it's, well, two words. One starts with an S. The second one starts with a D. Have you figured it out yet? All right. Let, let's see. Let's see where this is going to go. not going to be a Bible study where you feel good about it. It won't be something you feel bad about it. It'll be just almost academic, just truth, just the facts. 
And so I don't know where it will apply to tonight, but I want to talk about how you should apply truth to different situations. You need to have so it's going to be academic, but he says, I don't know how this is going to apply to you. It's just going to be facts. If you're preaching truth, if you're preaching the facts of scripture, it's applicable because it's truth. Truth is applicable by definition because it's true. But see, I know what he means by that. He's got to have a practical application. He, he, he's thinking, oh man, okay, if we're going to get into a, a this, this discussion about wisdom and truth, I got to find a way to make it practical. I got to have three points to make it practical because I know where, because a lot of, at least for me, my entire ministry has constantly been criticized that it's too academic. It feels like you're in a university. It feels like you're in a seminary. And I don't like that. Oh, I don't, I cannot tell you how many times. Like, like, and, and so then I will get accused of you're not preaching the gospel. But then when I say I don't preach the gospel, I've studied this. Then they'll go, well, no, I don't mean that. Well, then what do you mean? Well, what they mean is they want that nice little introduction that hooks you three distinct points with a good, a uh, closing illustration that will be somewhat emotive, create some kind of emotion. They want it to feel like that. And I, they come to me and it's like, open up your Bibles and your notebooks. Let's dig in. And we're going to, and we're going to struggle. and We're going to ask questions. We're going to do this. Now, some people in my church love it, but that number is small, 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 considering how small, 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 small my church is. Many people who walk in and visit, there's always a part of them that goes, wow, this is awesome. I've never learned that much. But then they never come back. <laughs> and they go to the church where they claim they never learned that much. But they're more than happy there because it has all the trappings of what you typically want. So I just, when he's apologizing here, it just, it drives me nuts. Don't apologize. Give them the teaching. If they don't understand it's applicable, that's on them. Okay, that that's that's the way I feel. But at the same time, I very much understand why he's apologizing. But let's see what he's going to do. Have you figured out yet? He keeps saying wisdom to apply truth, wisdom to apply truth. But I think it's really about two words. It starts with an S. First one, it starts with an S. Second one starts with a D. Have you figured it out yet? I keep asking. All right, here we go. Have some wisdom when you know the truth. Now, do you know what the Bible believes or teaches? Uh, do you know what you believe? It's important to know what the Bible says so that you know what to believe, what it reveals. Uh, it'll affect someone's life, your life, uh, now for sure, and it'll affect your eternity later on, that's for sure. Everyone's affected by the Bible whether they realize it or not. And so you need to know what it teaches, what it, what it says, what God has revealed. For example, uh, is the Bible the Word of God, the final authority? Yes. Is the Bible going to teach you about the nature of God, the Trinity, the Godhead? Yes. Do you know what you believe about those truths, those doctrines? The nature of man, sin, salvation. By faith, do you know what that Bible says about these important truths? Uh, Jesus Christ, we talk about him, of course, uh, because it's Christmas time. We just finished up having Christmas service here. What a good service it was. What a Okay. All right. I do forget. I do forget that some people... Who listen on Spreaker, they see the title. I guess if you're using beta.sermonaudio.com, the metadata is there. So you see the title I've given it. And my title clearly gives it away what I think that the emphasis is, or at least what I took away from the beginning of this. All right. So, yes, yeah, some of you are, are, that's, 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 I'm glad that you cheated, right? So, you know, you just, I guess you can brag about the fact that you cheated and looked at the answer. You were supposed to guess the answer, but if you want to just cheat and look at the answer, I guess that's okay. All right. Okay. All right. Here we go. All right. Let's continue. Let's continue. A good bunch of music we put together. Francis did a very good job, and those who participated did a real good job as a blessing to everybody. So what do you know about Jesus Christ? What do you believe about his virgin birth? His sinless life, his death, his fierce resurrection, his rapture, the second coming. Do you know what the Bible says about these things? You should know what you believe. And the place of Israel and the church. Tongues, miracles, signs, and all these matters. Do you know what the Bible says about these things? End times. Is the Lord going to come back? Do you know what the Bible says about these things? Well, you should know what the Bible says. And you should believe what the Bible says. Now, 
the Bible says that there's a thing called doctrine, and doctrine is another word for teaching. Listen to the verses here. Write them down if you, if you can. Okay, so he talks about wisdom and truth, the wisdom to apply truth. Then he goes through all these things that you should know about. You should know about what the Bible says about this and 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 about this. You should know all of this. So he's going to really, he's going to focus on knowledge here. These are the things you should know. Now, remember, he called it wisdom and truth, but he's, he's focusing on knowledge, right? And then he says the Bible has this thing or talks about this thing called doctrine, doctrine. Now there, I told you there were two words. One starts with an S, the other one with a D. Well, there's the second word, doctrine, doctrine. He's going to talk to us about doctrine, and then he's going to use a term that kind of states what kind of doctrine. It kind of explains the doctrine, and it starts with an S. You probably can figure that out by now, right? So let's let him, let's, I'm going to let him put it together, at least to a certain level. And then I'm going to then kind of just take over and we're going to go our own direction. All right. To at least give this very important concept to deal with. All right. So let, let's see how he puts it together. First Timothy 4.13 says this, till I come give attendance to reading, give attendance. You ever show up for school and your hormone teacher says, all right, it's time to take roll call. I want to take attendance. Show up. Give attention, uh, attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Okay, 1 Timothy 4.13. Till I come, Paul telling Timothy, till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. All right? To reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. Give attendance. Now, I'm hitting the microphone. Attendance here. Let's look this up. I'm going to pull up the Blue Letter Bible app. The uh, Blue Letter Bible app. First Timothy. Hang on, I'm going to go back. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 13. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 13. The word give attendance is now uh is this. Uh, well, it's this Greek word, so that just so that you know it. Strong's G 4337. Prosecho. Prosecho. Prosecho, right? If you want to make that sound, prosecho. Now it's used 24 times. It's seven times it's beware, give heed to, take heed, give heed unto, take heed, take heed unto, take heed. Now he kind of used it more like you know, like when you go to school and you're in the homework class and they take attendance, are making sure you're there, making sure you're present. But I think it's I think the Greek word prosecco takes on the idea of of you are giving heed to, you're you're giving attention to, you're focusing in on, um, you're being cautious about uh, the Strong's Strong's definition to hold in the mind. Uh, to pay attention, to be cautious about, apply oneself to, adhere to, beware, be given to, give heed, have regard. This is something you're paying close attention to. You're paying close, 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 close attention to. So Paul is telling him, hey, till I show up, you give attendance. You give attendance to. You give your attention to. You be present. You be on the lookout. You think about. You focus on this. Uh, the outline of biblical usage is to bring near. You bring doctrine near. You, it's like to bring a ship to land and uh, and simply to touch at, put in, to turn the mind to, attend, to be tentative, to be a person, to a person thing of caring for, providing for, to give attention to, to apply oneself to. It's like, in a sense, you go out there, you grab this ship called doctrine and you bring it near. And you give attendance to it. You take heed to it. You be close. You be close to it. You be cautious about. You be on the lookout for. Give attendance to. All right. I think that's for, very important. So till, till I come, give attendance to reading. Right. There's reading to exhortation and then to doctrine. We could look at exor exhortation, but doctrine. So now let's look up the word doctrine. Let's look up the word doctrine. And the Greek word for doctrine here is this Greek word. And this one is used uh, 
21 times. All right, here's the Greek word. Strong's G, 1319. Didaskalia. 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 Now, that's a word you want to just remember today. Didaskalia. Because it's fun to say. Didaskalia. Didaskalia. Do you care about didaskalia? Is didaskalia important to you? Just walk around your house today just saying, is didaskalia important to you? Hey, hey, didaskalia, did you did you pay any attention to didaskalia today? Did you give attendance to didaskalia today? And they'll be like, what are you talking? And just say it all day, didaskalia, didaskalia. Just call people on the phone and say, didaskalia and hang up, all right? Just text people, didaskalia, and then just not respond. Okay, make it the word of the day, didaskalia. Because didaskalia is translated doctrine. Strong's definition of didaskalia is instruction, doctrine, learning, teaching. Teaching, instruction, teaching, that which is taught. Didaskalia, give attendance to the teaching of what the Bible says. You should give attendance to it. Know it. Didaskalia. Now, there's another word here that he hasn't mentioned yet. It starts with an S. Didaskalia is teaching. Now, just remember, there can be good teaching. There can be bad teaching. There can be right. There can be wrong. But we give attendance to. We we pull that teaching near so that we can be cautious about it. We can be looking out for it. We can try to understand it. Now, let's see what he's going to say. What is doctrine? Doctrine is another word for teaching. There are teachings in the Bible that are true. And there are teachings in the Bible that are revealed to be not true because someone taught it in the wrong way. So doctrine is teaching, and everyone teaches a doctrine. It's a matter of, is this true doctrine or is it wrong doctrine? Doctrine is teaching. Uh, Paul told Timothy, his business as a pastor was to teach doctrine. Now, in Titus chapter 2, verse 1, I'll just run through the verses here. Titus 2, verse number 1. But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. There we have it, ladies and gentlemen. Titus chapter 2, verse 1. But speak thou those things which become sound doctrine. So didaskalia is the doctrine. Now, sound. What does the word sound mean? Well, let's go look at that. All right, let's go look at, at Titus chapter 2, verse 1. Titus chapter 2, verse 1. All right, Titus chapter 2, verse 1. The word sound is is this word, all right? Strong's G, 5198, Hugiaino, 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 Didaskalia, Hugi, uh, who, I'm going to listen to it again. Strong's G, 5198, Hugiaino, 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 Hugiaino. I, I want to say it a different way. Didaskalia and Hugiaino. All right, now, this is very important. This is used 12 times. Strong's definition, to have sound health, to be well in body, to be uncorrupt, to be in health. This is to be sound, to be well, good health. And what this, what this is referring to is that doctrine that you have needs to be healthy. It needs to be healthy doctrine. It does not to be a doctrine that is sick, that is unhealthy. Uh, the interlinear goes on that uh, that this speaks of Christians whose opinions are free from any mixture of error. Your didaskalia needs to be sound. It needs to not be sick. It needs to not be corrupted. So speak those things which become sound doctrine. Now, that means if there's sound doctrine, then there's doctrine that is not sound. And if sound deals with the idea of not being sick, again, the Greek word is... Strong's G, 5198, Hugiaino. 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 Hugiaino de all right? So you, you put those together... And then you've got this very important phrase that you should just walk around saying all day, just not just because you get to know the Greek words, but just because the concept is so important. You need healthy, sound doctrine, sound teaching. You need to not only hear it, you need to be able to receive it. You need to feed upon it. You need to make sure you have it. So the question is, if you have an unhealthy doctrine... 
What are the ramifications of that? What are the consequences of an unhealthy doctrine? Now, he's going to do a little bit of work here on the sound part. All right, here we go. So the charge to Timothy and Paul's charge to Titus was to make sure that when you stand up to speak, you teach the right thing, you teach the truth, you teach sound doctrine. Now, the word sound is to describe the doctrine. Sound doctrine. You have uh, something that is sound. When something is sound, it is not without, uh, it, it doesn't have flaws in it. Uh, something sound is definition entire, unbroken, not shaky, not defective, as in sound lumber, sound timber. It's strong, it is good, uh, undecayed, not bruised or defective, as in a sound limb. Not L-I-M, but L-I-M-B. Limb, okay? Uh, as in, your tooth is sound. We have to cut that tooth out because it's not sound. No, we leave that tooth alone because it is still sound. It's still good. The roots are good and so on. A sound body and sound mind. Whenever someone signs a document that is going to surrender his assets or his whole property, everything that he owns, sometimes there's a question if this guy did it under duress, Sometimes there's a question if that person was forced to do that, sign this document, give away everything that he has. It's supposed to go to his wife, it's supposed to go to, the, uh, to the, the eldest child and so on. But this will says it's going to go to who? Who? What? It's going to go to a friend he just met six months ago? What? It's not going to go to your wife? It's not? What? Did you sign that under duress? Were you forced to sign this? Was there a gun pointed to your head? Did you do this because you were crazy? Were you, were you high? They're going to ask the question, were you of a sound mind? Were you in your right mind? <laughs> so the word sound doctrine has this strong sense of doctrine that is good, that is good teaching. Sound body, sound mind. Uh, and so... Um, okay, so he kind of, now he's put the two together, Right. The sound teaching. This hell, now he kind of looked more towards the English definition of the word sound. We went to the Greek words. We on both didascalia and and huga I I know I think is how you say it. Uh, I'm not looking at it in front of me. Um, you take those two Greek words, you get the concept. You get the concept. So what I want to do really quick. Now we'll come back and listen to just a little bit more of this. But I want to look at four passages or four verses where sound doctrine is mentioned, right? So when he started going to sound doctrine, I'm like, oh, okay, we can go this direction. So the first one is found in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10, and we read these words. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men-stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine. Sound doctrine. And he mentions, he mentions a number of different people here. You can go all the way back to verse 9, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly, for sinners, for unholy, for profane, for murderers, for fatherers, uh, and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men stealers, for liars, for perjured persons. And if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound Doctrine, meaning doctrine, sound doctrine, healthy doctrine is you lay it down and you can see all the things then that are contrary to it. Now, let's look up 1 Timothy 1.10. Let's make sure we have all of the same Greek words, 1 Timothy 1.10. So let's go to interlinear. Let's go to sound. And guess what Greek word it is, ladies and gentlemen? Strong's G, 5198, Hugiano. 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 We know that word, right? Hugiano. All right. Then we go to the next one. All right. Then we go to the next one. And guess what word it is? What do you think 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 it is? Oh, come on. I bet you know. Here we go. Strong's G, 1319, Didascalia. 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 There we are right back to that word again. Didascalia. You're going to know these Greek words before we're done. All right. You're going to know them. 
and because it's important. But I want you to understand in First Timothy one ten. Just note that all of these things are that any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine. Once you have sound doctrine defined, once you have it defined, then you can identify all that which is contrary to it. Once you have sound doctrine defined, this is sound doctrine. It becomes the baseline. It becomes the standard. Then you can lay it down. Okay, here's sound doctrine. I'm like, if you were looking, like I'm going to take this pencil. Here we go. I'm going to lay it down. This is sound doctrine. Anything that does not conform to it is contrary to it. Sound doctrine gives you the ability to go, that's contrary, that's contrary, that's contrary. But you have to get the sound doctrine down. Now, the Bible obviously clearly states there's a sound doctrine and there are things contrary to it. Now, sometimes what is contrary to sound doctrine, now this is very important, sometimes what is contrary to sound doctrine is other teaching. And sometimes what is contrary to sound doctrine is our actions, our feelings, and our thoughts that is contrary to that sound doctrine. In other words, other teaching can be contrary. And here's what we have a tendency to do. It's easy. Now, not all of us. I think people do it. I think people are built in different ways because of our personalities. Some people love to talk sound doctrine and they love to point, research, study, and criticize all the other doctrine that is contrary to that doctrine. Like they're like, this is true doctrine. And then they love to expose it, expound it. They love to, you know, sometimes refer to those. They love to listen to discernment ministries where that will criticize it and condemn it. And they, they, they love that. But just never forget while you're running around pointing the finger at all the other contrary doctrine, your own life may be filled with that, which is contrary to that exact same doctrine. It's much easier to go after all the doctrine that is contrary to your doctrine instead of looking in the mirror going, there is the most contrary thing to my doctrine is myself. Because if you notice here, all the things that are contrary to sound doctrine here, it's all dealing with what, what, well, actions, right? Uh, disobedient, ungodly, unholy, profane, murderers. Murder, uh, murderers of fathers and mothers, manslayers, whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men stealers, for liars, for perjured persons. And if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, to me, this is going more with the things that are contrary to sound doctrine in actions and, and how we live. Oh, I would much rather spend an hour condemning all the doctrine that I believe is not sound doctrine and contrary to sound doctrine because I can feel morally superior. I don't necessarily want to look at my own life and go, well, everything about me is contrary to sound doctrine. Do you see that? I think that's an important distinction to be made. All right. Well, let's go to the next one here. Let's go to, oh, to the next one. Hang on. I got to go back to my search. Got to go back to my search here. Sound doctrine. All right, I'm using, and the next one is 2 Timothy 4.3. 2 Timothy 4.3. 2 Timothy 4.3. 2 Timothy 4.3. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They will not endure sound doctrine. Now I'm going to go, I'm going to pull this one up. Uh, let's see here. I don't want that. Second Timothy four, three. I'm going to pull this up. I'm going to click on it. All right. They will not endure. Here's sound. Guess what the Greek word is? Guess what the Greek word is, ladies and gentlemen. Strong's G 5198. Hugiaino. Hugiaino. If I look at it, I don't say it correctly. Hugiaino. If I look away, Hugiaino. If I look at it, I'm like, what? Hugiano, all right? Hugiano. There's there's the sound part. Now let's look back at it. All right. How about the doctrine part? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think doctrine is? What do you think doctrine is here? What do you think? Do you know? Do you know? Do you know? All right. Oh, here it is. Here's doctrine. Come on. Everyone say it with me. Let's do it together. Strong's G thirteen nineteen. Didaskalia. 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 There's going to come a time where they will not endure sound doctrine. 
Now we can, again, I want to make sure you take two concepts from this. People will not endure sound doctrine, meaning teaching about theology, about Christ, about the Bible, about uh, eschatology, charismatic related I- issues. Okay. And again, we love to get caught up in that. See, they're not, and they're not willing to endorse sound doctrine and they left the church to go to another church, uh, because they're going to find the doctrine that pleases their own selves. But just remember, there's another application here. How many times do we not take heed and we refuse to hear sound doctrine because the sound doctrine contradicts and condemns lifestyle things we want, desire, and are doing. Well, then we, we're no better than them. See, some people don't want to hear the teaching of God's word when it comes to theological issues. Some people don't want to hear sound doctrine when it comes to more moral issues or lifestyle issues. We're, we are always guilty in some way of this, all right? Sound doctrine. And guess what? When people will not take heed to sound doctrine, we have to keep preaching sound doctrine. And listen, even when you know in your life, even when I know in my life that I don't want sound doctrine in some area, whether it's in my thinking, desires, actions, I know what I need is more of it. I just need to be reminded of it over and 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 over again. Even though I may pushing it away and maybe acting contrary to it, I just need to be reminded that I'm acting contrary to it. And then you have to sometimes admit, hey, Lord, I'm, I know the sound doctrine and I know I'm acting contrary to it. Forgive me. All right. Now let's go to the next one. Let's go to the next use. All right. Sound doctrine. Typically, when I do this in the church, I have someone sitting in the pew. I have someone in the in the pew being able to give to read these out to me. All right, okay, all right. Here we go. So the first one was First Timothy one ten for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for man stealers, men stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be anything that is contrary to sound doctrine. So that's First Timothy one ten. Second, Second Timothy four three for the economic time while they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. The next one, Titus one nine. All right, Titus 1.9, and I'm going to click on it. I'm going to go to the Bible view. Titus 1.9, holding fast the faithful word as it hath been taught that they may be able by sound doctrine to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. Now let's click on this. All right, here's the word sound. What do you think it is, ladies and gentlemen? What do you think it is? Could it be? Strong's G, 5198, Hoogie Aino. Could it be Hoogie again? Could it be Hoogie It is. Once again, it's Hoogie And then, wait, 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 wait. There's doctrine. There's doctrine. Okay. Where is it? Where is it? What do you think it is? What do you think it is? Oh, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Guess what word it is? Strong's G, 1319, Didascalia. 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 All right. We got the same words again. All right. So let's go back. All right. That's again, Titus 1.9, holding fast the faithful words as he hath been taught that he may be able by sound doctrine to exhort and convince the gainsayers. When we try to argue and we're trying to convince someone, what we utilize is sound doctrine. What we have to do is, again, sound doctrine is the, is the thing we lay down. It's the standard. It's the rule. It's the, it's the line in the sand. And then whatever is contrary to it, all we can do is put forth, this is sound doctrine. What we try to do when we're trying to convince people is we don't do these things. We don't try to bring in our emotion. We try to just bring in sound doctrine. We don't dehumanize and attack other people. We just try to stay here is sound doctrine. And the doctrine is the standard. And that's it. It's a, it's a non-emotional approach. No, 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 no. Here's what we believe sound doctrine is. And you have something that we believe is contrary. So the two can't, your sound doctrine and my sound doctrine both can't be right. So we can either try to study this out or there's no point in having a conversation. I mean, it's kind of really how you should approach it. All right. Now, sound doctrine. Let's look it up one more time. I think we have one more reference. I think we have one more reference. 
All right. First Timothy 1.10, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine. Second Timothy 4.3, for there will come a time where they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Titus 1.9, holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. And Titus 2.1, but speak Thou the things which become sound doctrine. That's Titus 2 1. Let me, I'm going to read it here once again. But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. That's what we are to speak. We are to speak those things which are in conformity, which are sound doctrine. That means we speak things about teaching and we speak things about how we live and we do so in a way that is in accordance with sound doctrine. Now, you already know what the words are. But just for reinforcement's sake, just we learn by repetition. Let's hear them one more time. You ready? Come on. Who can say? See, if I was in church, I would say, who can say them? But here we go. All right. You can look, come on, look at your, call your kids into the room right now. Call your spouse, call your dog, call your cat and say, hey, listen, listen, listen. Today's Greek word is, this is for sound. It is Strong's G 5198, Hugiano. 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 Hugiano, come on, Hugiano, we can all say Hugiano, Hugiano, put it on the refrigerator, all right? And then we know the other one, right? We we know the other ones. What What is the other one? Come on, we all know it. Come on, my, this one is my favorite one to say. Strong's G, 1319, didaskalia, didaskalia. Didaskalia, didaskalia. I like that, too. I can say that one much better. Didaskalia, didaskalia. All of a sudden, I forget how to say it. Didaskalia. There we have it. Those are, that's sound doctrine. So I want you to think about that. Now, we'll listen to a little bit more of this sermon. Remember, this sermon is called Wisdom and Truth from Independent Baptist Church in Honolulu. I, you you want to go listen to the rest of it. But this was the one I listened to today for, well, my sermon sermons 2.0 app sermon challenge for 2024. I know we're getting a little bit of a head start, but it's always good. Here we go. Let's listen to a little bit more, and you can see how he builds this. This is what Paul uses to describe good doctrine. It's sound doctrine. And so sound doctrine, sound teaching is really, really important for a church to teach and for people who say that they're Christian to teach it too. 1 Timothy 4.6 says this, If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, Thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ. And what Christian who is a preacher does not want to be a good minister of Jesus Christ? Well, to do that, he says, you have to be nursed up in the words of faith and of good doctrine whereinto thou hast attained. He says in verse number 16 of that same chapter, 1 Timothy 4, he says, Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. Stay with the truth. Stay with sound doctrine. In so doing, or for in doing this, thou shalt have both save thyself and them that hear thee. So he's saying two things here. Sound doctrine, he says, Timothy, sound doctrine will save you, the pastor. It will save your flock. How does sound doctrine save the pastor? Well, if he knows what the Bible says and sticks to that, he will always use that as the barometer to check things out. He uses it as his ruler, as his guide to measure things against it rather than him going by every 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 uh, whim that comes by, every fad that comes by. He would just stick to what the Bible says and he would save himself from chasing rabbits, chasing cockroaches. You ever chase cockroaches? They're hard to catch. And uh, unless they get cornered and then they tease you, make fun of you because they're just nasty creatures. And so uh, you won't be going after false doctrine. You'll save yourself. And then he says, then they hear thee. So when, when Paul tells Timothy, uh, it'll save you if you know sound doctrine, if you teach it, and also your people will be saved from error. Sound doctrine will save people from going after error. Let's keep going here. Um, save from false teachers and false doctrine. First Timothy 1.10 says this. First Timothy 1.10. For whoremongers, yikes, for them that defile themselves with mankind, oh no, for men-stealers, for liars. I picked up a Chinese 
two Chinese ladies and two Chinese boys, about eight and nine, they were really bad. They got into the, before they got into the car, they're running out in the street by the airport as if they're released from a kennel. <laughs> and I said, hey, and the, the mom, I guess, called for the boy to come and the boy just sassed the mom. <sighs> and I said to the kid, I just says, you know, I said, hey, you don't behave, I'm gonna leave you over here. I'm not gonna take you to the airport, to the hotel. He said, you liar. And I felt like, <laughs> uh, liars, I was called a liar. For perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary against sound doctrine. See, so Paul warns about people who teach false doctrine. He warns people to stay away from them. Uh, Ephesians 4.14 tells us this. There's a warning of false teachers and false teachings. That we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro. That shows that children can be unstable. They're not sure of anything yet. Very, very. They're not very firm about things, and so they can be easily persuaded about different things. Um, there are some really evil people in this world, and they will try to kidnap children, even in public places. And so, uh, when a, when a child is offered by a stranger, "Hey, you want some ice cream? Here's ice cream. You want some ice cream? What's the kid going to say? Sure. You want some candy? The kid's going to say, sure. And so he said, come, I'll give you one. And the boy begin to believe the, the stranger and walk toward a car and they'll get kidnapped. And so caught, caught off guard, taken captive. There are some people who are like that when it comes to doctrine. Uh, we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, kidnapped, kidnapped, carried about with every wind of doctrine, all kinds of doctrines by the slight of men. That's deceiving people. That's people that are deceptive. That's people who are evil. Their intent is to deceive, to capture someone. By the sight of men and cunning craftiness. Think of that word, cunning. Think of slight. Think of the devil who is subtle, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Now from verse number 14 in Ephesians, that chapter, you get a strong feeling, and it's intended for you to get this strong feeling that there are people who teach the Bible, they believe, they think, but they're corrupting it, they're changing it, and they're twisting it, and so they're making it so appealing to people so that they can trick them. Now, the way you trick people who believe the Bible is by teaching things that's almost the Bible, but it's not quite the Bible, and you add things to it, you take things from it, and pretty soon you have a captured victim. You have someone who is a Christian, Christians can be deceived, and they believe the Bible, but then, did you know that the Bible really says this? Did you know this is not what the Bible really says? It says really this? Yes, it does. It says you must endure until the end if you are to go to heaven. Oh, you know, it really, and all kind of false teaching. And so there are people who are like that. They deliberately deceive people, and they, they twist people, and they hurt people, and they turn away from the faith that they once believed. Now, I have been kind of fascinated with animals of prey, the big cats, lions, tigers, uh, not zebras, but uh, <laughs> not giraffes, but uh, animals that are like that, that are carnivorous, of course, and they, uh, they live to eat. Polar bears live to eat. Polar bears, grizzly bears, they are, they're, when they are hungry, nothing's gonna stop them from getting you or fish or salmon. And so uh, when you think about the African reserve that are controlled as far as how many uh, you can you can hunt and so on. You have lions, cheetahs, etc. Uh, they are very careful when they go for a drink at a, at a body of water, a pond or something after rain. They're very careful when they go down to drink. If you watch a leopard, which is a predator, a cheetah or a lion, which they go after their prey. If you watch them when they go to the water, when they drink, they're very careful about that. They go very, they go like this, watch. They go down like this. Well, while they're licking, not in water, they do this, watch, watch. Go like that. You know, they're looking for something. What are they looking for? There's something in that river. There's something in that little lake that you may not see. And they're going like that. You might see a little bubble on the top of the water. You see little, look like little eyes like that. And when they're getting their water, they're always careful. They're ready to move quick away from the water's edge because there are things called alligators. 
and they're very sensitive to motion and they come up to where they see motion and they wait and they wait and they wait until they feel like the lion, the cheetah or the giraffe or the zebra, water buffalo, they're very, they get careless. They're so thirsty, just drinking water. All of a sudden they just, now they move so fast, these alligators, so fast, you have to slow it down to see how fast they are and they go for the head. And then they'll pull that animal into the water and they'll, they'll do that little twist thing, that roll around kind of thing. It's really crazy. And you see that and you say, oh man, that, that predator becomes the prey of the other predator. <laughs> it's really a cycle of life, a survival of the fittest. And I have seen leopards jump from a tree attacking an alligator in the water. And he will grab it and they'll fight, they'll thrash around. He'll come out with it in his jaw and he'll take it to the bank and climb up a tree. Unbelievable strength in that creature, that, that predator animal, the big cat, the leopard. Well, just like they are, there are in that landscape all kinds of animals looking to get something to eat. In the spiritual landscape, there are people around looking to creep through the grass, get their prey, which is a Christian or a non-Christian, and give them their false doctrine and false teachings. And so Paul warns against that. He warns about these people. In 2 John says this, uh, 2 John 1.10, If there come any unto you, and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house. Now, I think that's a good illustration in some ways. Now, you could say maybe he went a little too long in the illustration. It's always the danger with illustrations. People get so caught up in the illustration, they forget what it's illustrating about these animals of prey and being on the lookout. And, and well, there's things out there to, that wants to attack us or devour us, spiritually speaking, with their false doctrine. But we need to know sound, uh, sound doctrine. We need to, we, it, it, we lay it down. It's the standard. We need to be able to identify everything that's contrary to it, including not just teaching, but action and thinking and desires. And we need to consider sound doctrine. Now, we're already at 56 minutes. The goal there was not to review all of it, but was just to show you once again that as we do this challenge, that's what I'm wanting, wanting you to do when you listen. I want you to listen and take what you've gotten that day and think about it. So, so now, I don't know if you've listened to your sermon for the day. If you haven't, well, then go look up Wisdom and Truth, all right, from Independent Baptist Church Honolulu on the Sermons 2.0 app. You can finish it, but you now have all of my notes, if you took notes, on sound doctrine. You have two Greek words. You have the passages that uses the phrase itself. He's repeated many of those passages. You've gotten the little aspects that he has added to it, and then you can finish it, and then there, there'll be, and then you can just write in your notebook, wisdom and truth. Maybe by the time of the sermon is over, it'll be more clear why he called it wisdom and truth. You can see why I called it sound doctrine. All right. There you go. There's much more I would like to say, much more I would like to do. But, you know, we can't go three hours. I mean, we could, but, you know, there we go. Email me. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. If you're going to participate with us in 2024 in our challenge, please let me know. I want to see your notebook. I got mine right here. I got mine right here. Here it is. The first entry. Wisdom and Truth, 122823, Independent Baptist Church, Honolulu. Right there. Now, I, I, I'm going to put... Oh, What should we put as a summary? I'm just going to put it as a summary. The importance... Remember just our little summary sentence, the importance of sound doctrine. I'm writing it in real time. There we go. Now, if you listen to the rest, if there's something interesting or something that jumps out at you, let me know. All right. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. I, I thought... Right now that I was going to walk downstairs and I was going to walk to my front door and open my front door and there was going to be a cup and a bag delivered from Chick-fil-A and I was getting ready to have my lunch. But I just looked at my app 
And now I'm being told that my food will not be arriving till 2.23 p.m. It is currently 1.13 p.m., meaning that I'm going to die in about 15 minutes of starvation. So I don't, at this point, I could have driven to Kansas and got a Chick-fil-A and driven back. And the time that it's going to take to have one delivered, what, 12 minutes from my house? Like, what is going on at Chick-fil-A today? Like, what is happening? 2.30? Like, what is happening that is that is contrary, not to sound doctrine, but it's it's contrary to my sound doctrine. And my sound doctrine is deliver my food in a very fast manner. Okay, so it's contrary to that. Yeah, starvation is contrary to my desire to live. All right, should I use the Greek words? Should I? Should I? Should I? All right, all right. Here we go. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great day. I'm going to go complain and and probably not rejoice in what I do have, but complain about what I don't have. All right. Thank you. Everyone have a good day. God bless.